0: my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. Usually, she tells the stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality, but this week she's gonna go toe-to-toe with ADHD enthusiast, cat dad, house husband, former sex toy distributor, and Nassim's partner in life and crime, Jar.
1: Hi. Hey, Jar. Hey, Nassim. Hey, Dan. Hey, Jar.
2: Hi. It's like you're just in the other room. (laughs) Because I am.
1: I'm sorry for leaving you in the bedroom by yourself.
2: I know. If you'll pay for it later.
1: All right, let's not make it weird and personal.
2: <laughs> How's it going, Dan? How are you?
0: Man, I'm frustrated by all the audio issues that we have at the start of the show sometimes, but I'm over it now and feeling pretty good. How are you, Nassim?
2: I'm good. Um, I am if it hasn't been evident yet, I am back home in Michigan. For Michigan! A- Pure Michigan. Good old Michigan. Pure Michigan. Just like Tim Allen says. Um, I have a wedding to go to. Um, and I came home, took the train, spending the day here. We go to the wedding over the weekend and back to Chicago on Monday. So it's a whirlwind. Heck but we're yeah. we're making it happen. Yeah, and getting to spend some time with my lovely husband.
0: And I get to spend some time with your lovely husband, who I seem to talk about quite a bit on the show and have never actually met. Jar, it is a goddamn pleasure to have you.
1: Well, I figure, you know, it's episode 15. Might as well, you know, spice it up a bit. Yeah, it's time.
0: So welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here. Now, I've got questions for you. Nassim, it's your show. Where do you want to start?
2: I think it's a great idea if you just ask Jar questions. I'd love to hear what he has to say. He's not listened to the show. Nope. So this will be interesting to get his perspective on things. Um, it's my show, but he's our guest. And let's see what he has to say this week.
0: Awesome.
1: Well, like I said, you know, I'm sure she said it before. I don't really listen because I don't want Nassim to feel like she has to hold herself back when she talks. Like, she has to second-guess or self-censor? No. It's her podcast. Just talk. And I don't have to listen. I support you, though.
0: That's very loving. That's very kind. I don't want any of our terrible listeners to think that that's how they can best support Nassim. But for you, Jar, I think that's a wonderful way to go. With that being said, Jar, tell me about when you first met Nassim.
2: Oh, Christ, Dan.
1: (laughs) You've heard of online dating, right?
0: I have. Once I tried it, I went on one
1: date. That shows you how old I am. Yeah. I I don't think I'm too far from you on that one. Um, So, yeah, there's this uh, chick. She popped up, and I was living in the middle of nowhere. And, obviously, that chick never popped up again, so I had to find someone else. And then this other girl came up, and I didn't know how to say her name. It was Nazmaz, if I remember (laughs) right. (laughs) and it was christmas eve of 2012
0: a christmas eve romance this sounds like a disney story
1: but uh yeah we just started talking and uh met up at a restaurant we immediately disagreed on the best doctor who companion and we just talked all night went out got some hot chocolate some like the mexican hot chocolate oh yeah and walked around the downtown area and we went to Meyer and got underwear. <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. So how long from the time you started online chatting till you guys uh, met met up in the real life? Uh couple of weeks.
1: Probably about two, three weeks maybe. Okay, maybe so we're, that long.
0: We're into the new year by the time yeah. you guys you guys meet. Okay. Yep. And when you say walking around the downtown, mm-hmm. what, what downtown are we referencing here? Um
1: Midland. Midland, Michigan. Yeah, it's uh, home of Dow Chemical, Corning, DuPont, and Three-Eyed Deer.
2: Dioxin Central.
0: Well, if that's not a place to start a romance, I don't know what is. (laughs) Okay.
2: It's a very cute town. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yes.
0: Now, so you guys have met. It's, It's early January. You're buying underwear already together. Now, it starts off pretty pretty um uh what's the what's the opposite word of polyamory
1: monogamy monogamous yes
0: yes it starts out pretty i don't i don't know (laughs) did you guys discuss monogamy did you discuss when you would be exclusive was it always just like many of us default into that relationship and that's just
1: what we would expect it was um just kind of a default at the time she was really trying to talk me out of dating her She's like, I don't know where I'm going to be. I got things I got to do. Um, but it wasn't... I mean, it came up a couple times here and there, but it wasn't until 2019 we really started talking about it. Okay, and I'm
0: sorry, this is 2012
1: that you met, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, 2013, but yeah. All
0: right. Um, so, yes, December of 2012, when you swiped right, or however you did it, and then January 2013... When you met in real life and bought underwear. Mm-hmm. So when did you all decide to get married? Um, We
2: had no plans on getting married.
1: <laughs> no, I had plans. You were, you were my end game. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, was I? Okay. Yep.
1: Nice. It was uh, Kohl's. I had a Kohl's card and I'm like, I have enough room on there to get an engagement ring because Kohl's is obviously where you go. Yeah, yeah. And... I was really happy with myself because not only was it, it was a decent ring. I got it for 90% off.
2: Hell yeah.
1: And I it's think pr-
2: pride of our entire marriage is how the discount for what he discount, ring discount husband. Did <laughs> stop it.
0: Did you have like the Kohl's cash to use with that? Cause we're always no, getting the Kohl's cash. I, I didn't have the Kohl's cash at the time. So this was just straight up 90% <laughs> off deal. Yeah, it was
2: a really good deal. Clearly. It's a nice ring.
0: Are you wearing it? Can, I, you, can you flash the camera to see him?
2: Yeah. it's. Yeah.
0: Looks like a real ring to me.
2: It's a real ring. I don't know what he's talking about. It's lovely. I love it.
0: All right. So, and what year was that, that you bought the ring from the Koles?
2: Um, Well, we got 2013.
0: Engaged. Was it the end of? No, 2014.
2: No, 2014 is when we got engaged. I don't know. It's a blur. All
0: right. So the next year. And then how long till you got married?
1: The Year and, a
0: half-ish. and monogamy the whole way, right? That's always the plan while you were getting married, and then you got married in 2015, 2016.
2: Halloween. Halloween 2015.
0: Nice. So you get married on Halloween. And I'm sorry, you didn't I didn't let you answer. Monogamous was the plan when you got married. Is that is that correct?
1: It just was. It just was the, the default. default. Yep.
0: Cool. Cool. So tell me what builds up to polyamory what's happening how long did that take tell me a little bit about that process
1: please um it kind of started for me in a place of i'd been cheated on a couple times i just got to the point of you know what if it's not monogamous it's not cheating and it's kind of like the safe mode like you can't shoot me in the foot if i've already cut my foot off and i've had some poly friends there were some medication issues where um you know some things don't rise to the occasion and you know, it happens. And I was like, you know, Hey, if it ever comes up and that's a need, you need filled. Um, just, we'll talk about it. And you know, if that's a need, I'm not going to take it personally. You know, I I get it. It's a need. Okay. So you brought it up just, Hey wife,
0: Hey Nassim we're laying around talking, talk, having thoughts and if this is a thing you ever need i just want to let you know that that's a thing that i could handle that's how it started is that right yeah and nasim what did that do for you were you like finally i've been trying to fuck the bag boy at the shop and save for years and you finally got a green light just out of the blue
2: no that's not how it went <laughs> um when he first brought it up to me i don't even think we were married yet no um, Oh really? So I mean, this had this had been yeah. a chat before marriage. It had been a chat before marriage. Okay. In terms of, I think his exact wording was something along the lines of, uh, "Hey, if my dick stops working, like you can sleep with other guys or something along those lines." Hey, mine's and,
1: broken. You can get. A, you can use a different
0: one. So there were rules attached. It wasn't just a blanket statement. Get out there, kid.
2: Correct. Yeah.
0: For at the at the first time.
2: As in the beginning. Got it. Got it. And. I initially thought he was nuts. Um mm-hmm. and that there was no way I was going to sleep with anyone else. I have been so seated in monogamy and couldn't fathom being with another person. And I thought, you know, your dick's not broken. Sex isn't all our relationship is and I was very resistant to it at first and I just sort of put it in the back of my mind and didn't think about it
0: got it so you're married how long until you guys decided to dip your toes further in the water in the polyamory jar
1: it was man april 2020 was just a very busy month for a lot of people (laughs) it was that with the nursing degree finishing it and staying home all the time oh so this started at like the the top of the pandemic basically
2: like, the worst time to be polyamorous.
0: Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. I, I don't think I ever put that together before. So, here it is, the start of the pandemic. Nassim, you're just finishing up nursing school, and then you're going to go work healthcare at the fucking start of a pandemic? As if that's not stressful enough. Let's try to, like, do things to our marriage when we're not supposed to be around anyone else.
1: Well, I mean, that's a perfect time to do it. Yeah. What
2: <laughs> the fuck? We were... We were talking about it, but I hadn't done anything like we hadn't actually pursued anybody until later in 2020. There was a lot going on. Um, my dad was sick, um, you know, pandemic, new job, things were kind of our lives were so busy and sort of a, bu- a jumble. And I was so incredibly stressed out between everything else going on in my life that I didn't really want to pursue anybody else, especially because, you know, it, is the, it was the pandemic and we were trying to be really careful. But with all of those stressors, I had to get some of that out somehow, right? Yeah. I think it was, um, what, June? June or July before you went on your first date? My first date was in October? October? I keep telling myself it was in October.
1: No, it was like June or July because it was that one guy in Flint with a J name. He was the pharmacist guy. He was the first. Nope,
2: you're. <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're mixing up like three different people. <laughs> eh. Um.
1: <laughs> I never met him, so no, it could the... be one guy with six heads.
2: That's true. Um, the first guy that I went on a date with was... Uh, oh, yeah. The G. Dude,
1: yeah, with, with the attic. Yeah. The, yeah.
2: Yes, yes, with the smoking room in his attic. Yep. That was the first guy that I dated. And he was the one, Dan, that I told you slapped me on the pussy. That guy. Oh, yeah. He was the first guy that I ever he, dated. He awakened so, some things in you. He, <laughs> something like that. So... And I think that was in the fall. So it was later. It wasn't at the height of everything, like at the beginning. Was it irresponsible? Probably. But I, I don't know. I I don't have anything positive to say about that. Like it was, was it the, was it the smartest move? Probably not. But, you know, you, you take your risks and, you know, do the best that you can. just like, just like any kind of sexual act, right? You know, you have inf- you get information about people's like risk factors, their contact. What, are you, what and are you going on about
0: this guy who slapped you around on your genitalia? Yeah, Is that you, all right, it's fine. We've heard that story. I got more questions for no, you. Okay, Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had a point, but all right. Okay. Well, go ahead, make your point. <laughs> My point is, is, like, we all make our decisions based off of, like, the information we have in front of us, whether it's sexual in nature or whether it's going on a date with someone during a pandemic. We make our, we have our information and we make our decisions and we be as responsible as we can be.
0: Thank you. That's all. Thank you. That was a very nice point. (laughs) Okay, John.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm I'm getting scathing. I feel like I'm
2: being tag teamed in the worst possible way. (laughs) All right. Okay, Dan, continue your questions. So this is going to be an editing (laughs) nightmare. So so Jar,
0: um, Nassim's going on a pandemic date with some guy with a smoking attic and you're saying, "All right, honey, get dressed up, go out on a date. I'll be I'll be here at home with the cat. Tell me about that. What?" what, what was that like for
1: you? Because I think that's where it gets really scary for people. The first time, the first time it's a little, it's weird. It's freaking weird. There's no other way of putting it. Yeah. I, I had my worries, but I'm like, you know what? If it doesn't work out, we talked about it. Hey, give it a shot. And then maybe I could like tuck one in the back corner. I could pull out later, but that never really happened. So what are you going to tuck in the back corner? Um, well, if she had her one date with a guy, I might be able to get one date with a girl later. Got it. Got a little, uh, tit for tat in that situation. More tats.
0: Less tits. (laughs) (laughs) Touché. I mean, how long was the date? Several hours? Was it overnight? Uh, the
1: first one was a few hours. Okay. And you just hung out at home? Yeah. That's what I do. I'm really good at that. All right. I
0: mean, you said it was a little scary at first or a little weird. Mm -hmm. Like, where was the nervousness level? Like on a scale of one to 10 is 10, like ripping down the walls and going crazy and pulling out your hair. And then like one is like, eh, I don't care at all. Where were you on that scale?
1: I was at probably a five to seven, depending on what was going through my head at the time. Okay. The thing to to think about with with that, I kept putting in my head and kept chewing on was there's no difference between when your partner is with you and with another person because they're still your partner. They have a history or they have a present. That's just it. There's really no difference between now and two years ago. I think that's very insightful, and I appreciate that. And then, like, did it get easier after that? It didn't really get easy until, um, oh, shoot, what was his name? The guy with the face and the barbecue.
2: Oh, him. Yeah.
1: Um, The guy you got the camouflage hoodie from.
2: Oh, I know who you're talking yeah.
1: about. It wasn't until then, because yeah. he's like the first guy I got to know. And we kind of hit it off pretty quickly. You know, we got along pretty well after that. That's when I'm like, you know what? That's cool. And then like the first time it was both of us in the same time, it was like, dude, you got to get in and do this.
0: And that was uh, that was like your first threesome. Is that what you were referencing?
1: Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nassim told us about that. It's se- it sounded pretty bro-y to me. It was kind of Um I'm into that. I think that's great. It was. Uh, I mean, we didn't really high five and eiffel. Don't we actually? We did. Yeah, I heard there was high fives. <laughs> yeah, there was high fives there was before, <laughs> during, and after.
0: <laughs> that's all I want. That's thank you. That's what
1: I came here to confirm. Um, we, we can stop this interview right now. That's all I needed to know. But the thing that really strikes me about that when thinking back is he was really pounding away. I was afraid he was going to break something. <laughs> so was I. Because, <laughs> you know, you kind of look, you know, the other guy in the room, you kind of look. And, yeah, he, um, he was... He was packing a 44 and I had a 22.
2: Half of our audience is not going to know what you're talking
1: about. (laughs) Well, the other half is laughing their ass off. Well, so he's got a big dick. You've got
0: a medium dick. This seems enjoying herself. I assumed so. And then you guys high five. Yeah. Like you do. I like it. I like that a lot. So here we are. Do you find it? Do you find it fun? Is it fun that your wife goes out on dates with other people? Are you into that? Does she bring home like sexual energy that like improves your life
1: too or do you just have a happier wife and that improves your life? The happier wife is definitely one, but she does she did bring home more than just a feeling of goodwill. She brought home leftovers from the restaurant they went to and I got to eat the leftovers. <laughs> so she's happier, you're fuller. Of delicious meals that you didn't have to pay for. I'm full. She's full. It's it's all it's all fine.
0: Now you go on some dates uh, as well, right? Outside of your marriage, um, there have been the whole time three women. Okay,
1: is that by design? Do you just not want to go out that much? Oh no, no. I'm on I'm on the dating sites. I'm on all the stuff, and apparently, it's a ladies' market out there.
0: Man, it's tough, bro. At least it was. At least it was a while ago.
1: Yeah, I mean I, it's I, I've been out of the market for a minute. Definitely women can have their pick. But no, um the first one we went on two dates and the second date I got a call like um yeah, he showed up and he had to leave and I'm really and she was crying and it's like I got to go. I'm sorry. And she's like, "Well, If I can't be your number one person, I just can't. And that was pretty much it right there. She wanted to be the primary, and I'm sorry you can't. The next one was months later. Also a LPN. Man, healthcare.
2: Jar's got a thing for nurses.
1: And derby girls. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. And she was fun to hang out with. But once that one time happened, it just shot right now we saw each other like once after that and that was it and then this last time was a different situation that that Nassim wasn't really too keen on but that's neither here nor there that's not (laughs) we don't have to work it out here guys um
2: listen there that first i do want to kind of touch on what you were talking about jar about that first woman that you were seeing not my proudest moment. Um, still early on in our poly journey. This, let me set this up for you. So to give Dan and the listeners some background. Jar and I each had dates with separate people on the same night. My guy was coming to our house and Jar went out to uh, his lady friend's place. Well, my guy came over and then, like, got sick while he was here. And then... Damn ceviche. Yeah, he had some bad ceviche.
0: Yeah, you gotta watch out for that Michigan <laughs> ceviche.
2: Um, and then he got sick and then he left. And I was feeling very lonely and very insecure and sad. And I knew Jar was on this date. And I called him crying because I was just like lonely and sad. And Jar is my best friend and confidant in the world. And who else do I call but my best friend and confidant, right? When I'm upset. So I called him and I ruined his date. And he left the woman that he was seeing to come back home with to see me. And that was not cool. In In retrospect, that was a major lesson that I learned. Because that negatively impacted that woman, and it was, again, early in our poly journey, I was not as educated as I am now about relationships. I wasn't, I wasn't as secure as I am now, and I, I regret that, and I, I shouldn't have done that, um, but again, like, she did ultimately wanted to be Jar's number one person, which wasn't going to work for our relationship so ultimately it was a good thing but i do still feel bad about that night i brought you home pizza though you did bring home pizza i won <laughs> that <night. laughs> like I, I ended up winning that night
0: well i mean i think that that's nice to reflect on and you're going through a lot together you're learning a lot about what works and what doesn't and how you react to certain things you know i think I I imagine you have to make room for each other to not react perfectly, especially as you're
1: starting starting out with with this kind of stuff. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's when you're doing the poly thing, you really have more intention with your primary because that's the person you want to be with.
2: I always hesitate to use the term primary because polyamory in essence, is you have multiple meaningful relationships, right? In many ways, and the way that a lot of people practice polyamory is they are with multiple people and they have long lasting relationships with multiple people. Is that how our practice operates? No. So I don't want to give the impression that like the way that we do things is the only way or the correct way because a lot of people would look at how we practice polyamory and say that it's toxic or incorrect or whatever
0: I think those people are a little fucking judgy they
1: are they <laughs> really are um because one thing both and and I have in common or like our levels would be we don't want to have 5 days of 5 different people we just don't have the brain space for that so it's more like the home team and the away team. I can get with that.
2: Yeah. When you have multiple partners or you add on people, it's a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of brain space space. We call that being um, polysaturated when you just have nothing else to give to anybody else. Because then also, how do you, how do you, if you have so many partners, it's really hard to be fully present for any, any of one them. them.
0: Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, We're pretty well caught up to present day. Jar,
1: what does the public need to know about Nassim? Man, I we should have talked about this before recording. (laughs) Um Well, she is as awesome in person as she is on this. You've never even listened to this Jar? I've been listening this whole time we've been recording.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't said anything. (laughs)
1: Um No, she just she is that boisterous. She is That much of a people person, but she snores. Man, Jar, we absolutely enjoyed having you. I appreciate it,
0: and Nasim, thanks for letting me take the reins on some questions this time. It's been fun. Absolutely. I feel like I've talked way too much, but with that said, yeah, let's go on to some questions. Jar, you going to stick around and answer some with us? Oh,
1: heck yeah!
0: Nice. Hey, Nasim, help me, please. Me and my girlfriend, we're both sixteen want to have sex, but we live with our parents and can't do it at home. Do you have any tips on how or where we can do it?
1: Ugh. The thing is with modern day 16-year-olds is they don't want to drive. So the car thing is out of it. Yeah, you got to get yourself a license,
2: man. Yeah. Yeah. Having sex in a car is always a possibility. Um.
1: Also, if you're 16, you have to be adults consenting people
0: yes make sure she wants to do it too make sure you wear protection make sure nobody's getting pregnant all of those things
1: make sure you're in the right state where you can do that or country man we got a lot of international listeners lately
2: it's tough i mean friends houses which sounds terrible it's hard as someone who like did not have sex until their 20s this is a hard question for me to answer um Because I I don't know, like, where do do teenagers have sex? (laughs) When
1: I was 16, it was basically my bedroom for some heavy petting. And I apologize to this person. They don't know who they are. But I apologize because I was a total manipulative asshole.
0: We can all learn from our past. Yeah. We can all be better now. So, dude who wrote in... Don't be a manipulative asshole.
1: Yeah. Just don't do it where people are.
0: Right. Go find some woods that are well covered.
1: Yeah. There's a whole human
0: history of people that have found a way to do it when they lived with their parents. Yeah, people have been doing it for a
2: long time.
0: A real long time. As
2: long as there have been people.
0: Hey, Nassim, I have uncontrollable orgasms. Okay, so I've always been hypersexual. Ever since I could remember, I would often have uncontrollable orgasms in my sleep, and I realize today that I only feel my sleep orgasms in my inner labia. First of all, why do I orgasm in my sleep when my dreams are unrelated? And second, why is it just in my labia?
2: So, what dreams? They're saying that they aren't having like sexual dreams, correct? That's that's what I gather. There might be a hormonal thing going on, but what I'm confused. Is what I'm confused by is. The description of an orgasm, orgasm in the inner labia. Like, you don't orgasm in your labia.
0: Well, you don't orgasm in your labia.
2: I mean, that's just not <laughs> how it works, though. There's sensation there.
0: Well, she said... But the that, actual orgasm... Me, they, they said, I realized today that I only, fee- I only feel my sleep orgasms in my inner labia. So she, they don't say that that's where they come from. They say that's where they feel them. Just there's a
1: lot of nerves there.
2: This is a weird question. This is a weird one. I'm struggling. I like
1: the uncontrolled aspect of it because it's
2: ah, I can't help it. I I think that what's happening is there's something like hormonal going on, um, potentially. Also, depending on this person's age too, like people will have arousal. Um, and uh, I th- I think she's just having wet dreams that are just maybe not necessarily having to do with the content of her dreams, and she's having a mind body disconnect of some kind. Um, yeah, which can happen. I think that that's probably happened to me at some point too. Like. I, I I think that that does happen, but I'm not really sure why that happens.
0: A mind body labia orgasm
2: yeah, this is one that's going to have to go and then nasim has to research it pile we
0: we'll, we'll come back we'll come back to that once there's some more labial research. Hey, nasim, have you been with a hung guy and subsequently have had difficulties going back to normal or average? What's your preference?
2: Yes, what's your preference <laughs> Uh, so I have been with hung guys before, and it's not difficult, I wouldn't say, to go back to like a normal sized person, whatever normal means, like your, your average or like even a smaller size. Um, it's different because it's going to be like the friction and the pressure and just the sensation is going to be hitting in different spots, so it'll be different. But I wouldn't say that it's difficult or less less pleasurable from going from a hung, quote-unquote, hung guy to well, an average size. What's the penis.
1: duration between um, the two?
2: Yeah, Jar. Like, sorry. Like the time between one and the other?
1: Yeah. Like, is it like well, 20 minutes? Two days? Because the body goes back to the baseline shape and size.
2: Correct. Yes. I will tell you that I have had sex <laughs> with two guys of varying sizes in the same day and didn't have any issues. So um, so it works. My preference is actually not hung. I, I see a big dick and I, they kind of scare me. So, But that's not true for everybody. You know, you can... As they say, you can find your glass slipper. There's somebody out there for you. I prefer like an average five to six incher. That's like the perfect size for me. It's manageable to suck a five to six inch dick. And also, it's not always about length. It's also girth can make a difference. Also, what can they do with it? If they're just going to pound town, that doesn't always do it for me. You know, can they do like sensual foreplay can they actually turn you on and the dick is just like extra or like there's so many factors that dick size is like kind of bottom on the list of importance for me
1: jar does that work for you i have not had too many dicks only been one and it was mine so i really i really can't say i mean it's perfect yeah (laughs) hey (laughs) Nassim, am
0: i a depraved pervert During sex with my wife, we talk dirty about how she wants to get gangbanged. It's fucking hot. I come whenever she talks in detail about how she wants it. She tells me she's getting fucked already at work in bed. I know it's dirty talk, but a part of me wants her to be acting like a slut. I don't know. It's a long story. How we met originally is so fucked. But anyway, I like the idea of her being used like a fuck toy. (laughs) Why do I want my wife to be such a slut?
1: I want to answer this one. I want to answer this one. Yeah, go. go. It. Please. That's what because you're here for. your wife is also your best friend. So you want your best friend to have really good sex. Therefore, you want your wife to have really good sex.
2: I mean, that's a great answer.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of uh, fucking hot. Getting all dirty talked
0: and working everybody up.
2: Yeah, and to know that you get off on the idea of her being a, a quote, slut with other men but at the end of the day she comes home to you so like you're the guy who of all the guys she prefers and that might be something that tickles your pickle you know and it's super hot and I think that that's that is that for everybody no but like that's a very common kink it's a very common thing for guys to be into their wives or their partner's Or anybody to be interested in their partners having sexual activity with other people. Like, it's very very enticing for many people. So, good for you. Glad you're having great sex. Glad your sex life is great. And it sounds like a very satisfying relationship. And I'm happy for you.
0: Hey, Nassim. Do you like to get messy during sex? I mean, spit, sloppy blowjobs, mascara running, sweaty, all that stuff. I'm into it a lot, but I hear more and more girlfriends telling me about their sex lives, and it's pretty vanilla. I'm a woman, and I love all of that stuff. Do you?
2: Hell yeah!
1: <laughs>
2: I love getting dirty. I love it when it's sloppy. I love come all over me. I love... Like, a sloppy blowjob is, like, my fucking favorite, where there's, like, spit and slobber and, like, tears running down my face. It's the it's I fucking love that shit. Because for me, sex is a very, like, carnal, dirty thing. Like, it's it's not polite. It's not this prim and proper thing. I don't know why we don't treat it for what it is, which is animalistic and dirty and raw and carnal and i i love that part of it for me personally like the dirtier the messier the sloppier the better
0: man i don't know that there's a better place to finish it than that in a scene that was pretty fucking good yeah. Jar, you have been awesome too. Thank you so much, man, for coming out and being on the show and putting up with all my stupid non-polyamorous questions. I've learned a lot.
1: Hey, you're the genius who puts it all together. I mean I'm glad to be here, glad to help, and I can only imagine what goes on behind my back, but as long as everybody's consenting and has fun, who am I to say anything?
0: Well I certainly consent. I have a real good time with your wife. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And on that note, we'll see you next week.
0: Nassim wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own health care provider. Terrible Sex with Nassim is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.